0: Happy Halloween from me, Java Edge. Uh, We have a two-part Halloween special for you, looking at the spooky Amityville house. Um, I'm sure you've all heard of it. Fantastic. Um, I will be back at the end of the episode to tell you how my audition went for Hamilton. I can tell you now, not great. Um, but for now, instead of the usual intro music, please enjoy uh, this Halloween song from 1960s bebop band Ian Durian and the Blockheads. It is called The Ghost of Islington Green, Thatcher's Monster. Mm, see you later.
1: Living in a squat with Captain Nemo, everyone's broke, there's no more heroes. Can't afford a loaf of bread, only to be told that society's dead. The people, they all look like ghosts, I just want a slice of toast. Thatcher's monster roams the land, don't expect a helping hand. Hello, and welcome to this extra spooky episode of Urbane Legends Halloween Special. Uh, I am Chris Flynn, and uh, for my Halloween uh, dress-up this year, I'm dressed as a sexy kitten. And with me, as always, is Mr... Neil Herbert. And what are you dressed as, dear Neil, for the, for the viewers? I can see it, obviously. Yeah, I mean, you know, you'll probably be able to tell, but I've uh, dressed up as the, um, like, from Betelgeuse you have michael Keating's character was it no no it's just jeffrey jones jeffrey jones so just the dad i thought that was more terrifying <laughs> <laughs> so uh neil are you a big
0: big fan of halloween
1: um to be honest with you it's one of those things yeah it's, it's it's nice to have anything that breaks up this time of the year where it starts getting dark and cold et cetera. Mm. but it's because i'm a bit I'm a bit of an old fart you know yeah. we didn't have halloween when i was growing up well we did have it but, I mean, it's, we have it, it's, it's massive it's, it's, in America, and it's kind of, because of yeah. that, then then they've tried to make it bigger in the U- UK. But I'm not sure that it's worked, particularly. I think, it I think you do get kids to go trick-and-treating now, whereas when I... I mean, they were doing we, it when I was at school, but very few. Yeah. I'm allowed. We wouldn't allowed. Yeah. Uh, my parents wouldn't put up with that kind of satanic nonsense. <laughs> I'm just basically, you know, having to leave the house and take us around places. Well you to... So, the only place which I've been... Where I remember trick or treating being a thing was when I lived um, for a couple of years on a council estate in in uh, South Norwood near Croydon, and they used to be trick or treating around the estate, which is kind of weird because it's probably the most dangerous place to be for kids to be going door to door. But also, you know, South Londoners look after our own, don't we? I mean in it it's community, Commun- yeah, exactly. Lovely stuff. It was Cock- Cockney community. What um, are you on Halloween? Uh, uh, of beans? <laughs> broad and Green, I think. Well, <laughs> what are you doing for Broad and Green? I you your granny. He's only forgotten to get them leading trick or treat chocolates in for Broad and Green, hasn't he? No, 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 no. Got to no. To carry off the work. <laughs> I'm going to have to go break into the lockup. <laughs> oh no. We'll have to give him some moody fags. Start smoking young enough these days. I will tell you one thing which we did, which is nothing to do with Halloween, but apart from its proximity in the year, uh, I remember doing, um, you know, like guy forks. I, oh, yeah, yeah. I one year did penny for the guy, and I did I did it on Church Road in Hove. Yeah, um, and there's and it, because my friend lived on a road called St Albans, so we went round the corner from there on the main on the Main church road. And we set the penny for the guy up and sat there outside the Seafield pub. And the good mm-hmm. thing about doing that is piss people are a lot more generous and we make quite a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> like piss blokes trying to impress ladies. Like, oh, there you go, lads, have a fiver. That kind of stuff. So I think we made about 15 quid each, which was a lot of money back in those days. I saw people being, um, you know, Setting up on Boundary Road and stuff, back on the at side. But uh, yeah, didn't make too much money out of the penny for the guy. Yeah, it was. It was you know, it's not a bad little, not a bad little scam, especially if you set up outside a pub. Yeah, there you go. And yeah. you know, different different times. <laughs> you know, we were probably eleven. <laughs> you know, you were allowed to do that back then when you were eleven. Sit outside a pub with a guy, <laughs> begging, <laughs> panhandling. handling. <laughs> I don't think um, I don't think parents would let kids do that these days. Because they're coddled. Exactly. Why are they going to learn to be good capitalists? Can't, they can't do that. Exactly. Yeah. Make something useless and prey on idiots. <laughs> That's the foundation of capitalism. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, Neil, I've got some uh, Halloween etiquette for you here, um, from reallysimple.com. Uh, and I think it's probably an American website because there's quite a lot of Halloween etiquette, which Again, we don't really get trick or treaters or stuff. I thought we might, I thought I might do on this road because it's quite a family orientated road that I live on here, but fortunately, Mm. not. We don't get, I I don't get. There's some good rules that they seem to establish now because it used to be a pit, we just come and knock on your door, whatever. Mm. Um, you wouldn't necessarily be partaking, but um, no, I think the general rule now because again, it's not, it's not really ever been like a massive thing in England, it gets bigger. Um, but people who are taking part kind of hang our little sign outside or put know oh, yeah, there's usually you know they they know whose doors to knock on and kind of like hang a sock on the door handle, something like that, don't yeah, come yeah. knocking yeah. <laughs> don't go, don't go trick or trick in the in a the park there's a lot of men standing around the uh parked vehicle, <laughs> 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 something it won't be it won't be delicious food, so here we go, Neil, here's some... Um... Uh real simple Halloween etiquette guides. So uh I'm just gonna start with number one. I probably won't go through all ten for our own sanity. Let's see. let's get three through and see how we go. Okay. If a trick or treater dives into your candy bowl, which is a euphemism, with both hands grabbing as many treats as they can. That's what you got, presumably. Yeah. Just a water <laughs> <shot>. <laughs> remember, you control you control the bowl. If yeah. you let kids grab from it without perceived limits, some 10-year-old might abscond with half of your skills. Make eye contact with each child and engage in a brief conversation. What's What scary green makeup you're wearing? Before you place a piece of chocolate or two into her, or his, I assume, hand or bag, the key, children should just not take the candy. You should give it to them. Okay? Okay, well, that seems sensible, yeah child could become excited and then try and take too much or be a bit greedy. Could just be it? a spoiled kid. Yeah. Uh, no, i will all the candy. No. <laughs> uh, it doesn't say there's any limit on the candy. <laughs> My mother's a lawyer. If a trick-or-treater scoffs at your candy offerings, remind them of their manners by it's saying, fine. I don't think a real
0: superhero, or whatever their dress had, would sneer at a kind gesture or a licorice twist for that matter. That's good. Good tip there.
1: <laughs> How are you getting licorice twists? But, yeah, uh, licorice yeah. is all right. I, th- I think Captain America would tell you to fuck it, off with your licorice <laughs> twist. <laughs>
0: here
1: you go, Neil. This is one this is one so you might want to shave before going out this year. If a trick or treater looks a little old to be asking for candy. <laughs> How old is too old for trick-or-treating? There's no law. Some people get miffed when they see anyone past the age of 13 going door-to-door. But you shouldn't refuse to serve trick-or-treating teens. Go ahead and give them some candy. Think of it like this. By indulging this holiday, they're holding on to their childhood for one more year. Well, that or they just want sugar. One way or another, is it such a big deal to dole out a few smarties in their direction? Is it now? Is it such a big deal? Old beer in there as well, for me. (laughs) a sandwich. (laughs) A couple of chops. Fuck off the (laughs) chop. So, number four. If a trick-or-treater asks for a donation to a cause, it's laudable that some pint-sized Halloween fans are concerned about more than just scoring loot for themselves, so be sure to encourage them for their altruism. Offer them what you can, even a quarter or two is fine, which is 25p in real money, and tell them... Thanks for doing this. I'm sure the charity is appreciative of any help, but it's especially gratifying to see young people show such compassion for the needs of others. If it's a okay. cause you don't believe in, like abortion, <laughs> some parents will use adorable children to further their political opinions. Hold oh your tongue. Tum- actually, the example they gave. What abortion? No, yeah. I know sorry. I did that. It was it was heavily implied. Yeah, um, hold your tongue and kindly offer a piece of candy instead. Number five. If visitors are festooning your front lawn with candy wrappers, let's start with the litter problem. Although kids should not use your lawn as a trash can, some of them will do anyway. Rather than holier, at F, rather than holler at every careless child, place a small cash tram for wrappers next to your front door stoop and call it a night. Stoops, uh, American for step. If, uh, number six, if late running mm-hmm. visitors ringing yeah. your doorbell, on, uh, if a late running visitor rings your doorbell after you've turned off the porch lights, which we've all got. This one's simple. No lights means no candy. Look, don't you see I've hung the American flag at half mast? <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Can't you see that the, 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 as soon as the, the cross is on fire in the front lawn, it means candy gone? Don't answer the door. If you have leftover Halloween candy, all the better. You can have a sweet treat in the morning. <laughs> With a glass of wine.
0: oh! <laughs> With you're... a glass of
1: oh, You <laughs> know, noir on a fucking baby roof. <laughs> nice. I like to
0: twig, d- d- dip my Twinkie in my riceling.
1: Uh If your plans involve attending a party where others will be wearing costumes and you're not the costume type. Well, I know that you are, because you're dressed as... We we're going to do an eye wide shot this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's what's going in. He can... In... back out. Oh, this is disingenuous, no Fake and interesting costumes. You don't need to don a full SpongeBob ensemble to look like a good sport, but at least act as though you're enjoying the uh, the idea of dressing up. Remember, virtually anything can be a costume. See, these Halloween costumes, easy Halloween costumes are proof. You probably have clothes in your closet that are so old, you can go as someone from a different era. Fucking hell. Wearing <laughs> them. Um, you know, all of my costumes are teddy boy costumes, so. Wear them or a hat, any hat. Extra point if it has a jaunty feather. Or you can wear, you can stick a condom on your nose, and if someone says, "What are you? What did you come as?" You can just say, "Fuck nose. and everyone goes, "Ha!" And then that's that. Well, I just ignore you for the rest of the night. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> what, was, what was? What were they advising you? So you wear just wear old, old clothes, clothes, yeah. And then wear a hat with a feather on it. What you dressed as a pin? What's, what's <laughs> the anchor just wear, uh, just wear old clothes and go. Ah, oh, I'm. I don't know. Uh, I'm from 2005. I'm a time traveler from 2005. I'm wearing jeans and a t-shirt, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> oh god! Oh, here we go. Here's the last one. It was only eight. Yeah, fair enough. If your kid wants, if your kid wants to trick or treat, but you just can't, outsource trick or treating. Oh, lovely, Thanks. lovely. Yes, the conservative way. If your tykes okay. need a chaperone while they cruise the neighborhood, <laughs> <it. laughs> not David might <Fleet. laughs> uh, It's quite affected the writing style of this person, isn't it? Very is, yeah, very much. Uh, try this sneaky idea. Invite a few other parents, their children, to use your house as Halloween headquarters for the evening. <laughs> when they ask if they could bring anything, say the price of admission is two or three bags of candy, then play the hostess. I think the same for women. Make a big pot of chili and serve Halloween cocktails before they start making their rounds. Absinthe. <laughs> Absinthe cocktails. Afterwards when your when your <laughs> when your pals take the kiddies from house to house, you can beg off saying that you have to do the dishes and man front door.
0: <laughs> so
1: there you go. There's some Halloween etiquette now. I'd love to see that work in action. We're just like, right? We're all going to go trick or treat.
0: You do uh, it. You
1: fucking do okay. it. Right. Get out the door. Going with them. Yeah. yeah we'll, we're taking your kid round as well, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, oh, well, you enjoyed the cocktails, didn't you? And if you don't take the kids, I won't give you the antidote. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. We'll back in three hours, if you know what's good for you. <laughs> I'll just need, and I'll inject this directly into your heart, and uh, yeah. You'll you'll you'll, have, you'll you'll have a terrible hangover, but you'll be alive. Same yeah, like that. ribs, so I pump this adrenaline straight into your heart, but there's you know seventy percent chance you won't die. So. <laughs> so there we go. There's some Halloween tips. I hope that's been useful for all our listeners from uh, Saskatchewan in Canada. Probably said that wrong. To Nepal, in Nepal in Kathmandu, we have listeners from all over. You're part of a global community. Um. All enjoy a bit of Halloween if you want to. Yeah, or not, or not. It's up to you. You know, not bothered. Or, as we used to call it back, in the old Country Chris, the feast of sound. Yeah, we did indeed. It's where it cuts an Irish, Irish one Halloween. So another thing to thank, thank, thank the Irish uh, ancient gods for. Um, so Neil, I've been watching a bit of telly this week. I, um, you know, you know, I'm a bit of a TV aficionado. Certainly are. Yeah. um, So uh, this week I've been watching the seven series that so far ongoing serial Chicago Fire. Mm -hmm. It's part of like this Chicago sort of world they've got like Chicago medical and Chicago PD and what it's about. It's that one's not done so well, is it? No, but it's um, (laughs) what it's about. It's about the um, MLS football team Chicago Fire. And um it's basically, you know, one of those behind the scenes things, you know, like they did uh whatever it is, whatever they call it, um, win for victory or something. You know, they did one for Tottenham when Mourinho joined. Oh yeah, yeah, they're doing one for Arsenal this year. I think that should end well. Yeah, well, like the Tottenham one. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so it's really good. So um it's not for kids. I'd say that. Um it's very it's very violent. A lot of the violence is very kinetic and visceral um, and there's a lot of lot of sex in it um, but basically they get bought out by uh, a Hong Kong tycoon yes. and uh, what he does is he wants to get in a load of sort of past it famous footballers you know like um, the New York Cosmos Palais did yeah they signed Palais yeah they signed Palais um she's still alive Uh, they got Pele, they got in, uh, Norman Whitesides, um, they got in, uh, Razor Ruddock, he's the captain. He's he's a right laugh, right? He, every, every scene, every scene in the background, he's got his genitals hanging out and he lifts up his pot belly so he can see them. It's brilliant. Um, they got, uh, they get Lee Dixon in as the physio. Um, and, uh, in a in a strange twist they also get in glen hoddle but um not as the manager but they um they sign in for the youth team so the guy doesn't really know what he's doing but they still manage to make the playoffs um yeah and uh you know then they get banned for performance enhancing drugs and that's the end of the first series so i'm looking forward to the second one because they could start with a points deduction and they play at a, they play at soldier field which has got a uh, sixty-four thousand capacity, and they sometimes get upwards of five thousand people to the matches. So it's quite quite the atmosphere.
0: Do
1: you think you are going to give that a look? I'll be honest with you, yeah. probably not. Huh? <laughs> no, nah, well, but, I mean, there is a lot of, It's very violent. I've just, just got a lot of sex. It's, Yeah, it's, it's all the gratuitous violence that I am worried about. It's mainly m- most of the violence is dulled down. Stoled out by they, Pele. And the violence. Oh, right, the, it's Pele. Pele, yeah. And he's got... Um, what he's done is he's turned up with an entourage of, uh, of lads from the favelas. Oh, okay. So he's got, like, a bit of a city god angle. Yeah, 100%, yeah. You know, no, you in, think fact, in fact, what happens is because, they, because they've got quite a lot of space in Soldier Field, they start building favelas at the top tier of the stands. Okay, this, this is sounding much more enticing now. No, yeah, yeah, a lot of it, a lot of it, really, is about gang politics. Um, yeah, you know, and, and people from Kenco trying to get people out of the gangs to um, be wage slaves at coffee plantations. Well, as as is so often the case, I think it's just America giving us a vision of where we're headed in the in the future. Yeah, I mean, the Premier League. Have you got so much time before uh, they start? constructing. Oh, the I hotel. don't know. I mean, there's still a lot of countries in. There's still a lot of countries with horrific human rights records which haven't bought a Premier League club yet. So, I think... Well, no. once, they're, once they're all owned by it, I would come to predict around halfway through next year. West Bromwich Albion have just been bought by North Korea. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Celebrate the proud history and heritage of West Bromwich Albion. <laughs> Passionate fans. Got to play in Pyongyang uh, five times a season. to 2 Two dead-eyed, terrified spectators. Who clap in unison like the village of the damned? <laughs> that could uh, that could work. Oh, it would be them, and I'm quite good motivational techniques for the team as well. it would be them, and they would um they would abduct Frank Skinner and Adrian Childs and make them yeah. do the football football show on uh, North Korean TV, Constant, oh, constantly awful. saying that West Brom are the best team and they'll have them at the top of the league, even though they're in the Championship and stuff. <laughs> It couldn't be any worse than... Uh, glorious the leaders, beloved West Bromwich Albion, has just beaten Manchester United 57-0 <laughs> to win <laughs> the World <laughs> League. Saying like that. It, it probably could be better and more accurate than Beatty Sport, to be fair, but... Um, oh, controversial, probably. i not, not not got on too much with a lot of their commentary in the past. Yeah, fair enough. Neil, so, our Halloween special. We're going for... An actual spooky tale. We're going to go one of the big, one of the we're big boys. One of the big ones. We try and throw these out slowly because you know we don't want to run out of um, out of the big boys, um, the big ones. Just so basically, out and say for our Halloween episode, we decided to pull out a big legend and one that I've heard of for a change the Amityville house. Amityville. a favorite of Eminem, so, your nemesis. For those who aren't aware of this so you're gonna just sort of give it some of its bona fides so this was originally turned into a book i believe which then got adapted into a movie not just a movie it turned into then this long movie franchise which has already been rebooted at least once i think back in 2005 so yeah they made some movies i can't remember the late 70s or the 80s um and it's been you know been on one of the treehouse of horror episodes on the simpsons has it back in the simpsons yeah they did a a very heavily, um, it was very heavily influenced. Obviously, one of the early tree house of horror episodes is um, that where, where they were Marge around. is trying to sell the murder house. Yes, and then they go and stay in it for the night or something, and they're all sort of following each other around with knives and whatnot. Right, yeah, I know. It. So you know, it's um, it's it's again I say it's, it's it's a big one. We all we all know around this one. Um, and you know, if there's three things I like in an urban myth, you know, obviously. There's an animal-human hybrid. I'm very fond of. Is that. Is there? Um, oh yeah. Not in this particular story, oh. but that's that's what I'm fond of. So, but you know, you got me all <laughs> stuff. I might just, might just have to make one up and shove it in at the yeah. end. There's a Batman who lived in the attic as well. Um, but yeah, if, if you can't have an animal-human hybrid, you know, the other things I want to look for is a nice bit of a story. Mm-hmm. We, we've we've got several movies that we've made out of this one, and uh, something I've heard of which is the same as... Well, that's rare, isn't it? Is that something you you like in an urban myth? Because you've liked some of the ones you haven't heard of before. Initially, initially, I like... Well, I I mean... okay, no, let me put that another way. Um, Something that's going to pick your interest is, obviously, if you've you've actually... You understand about it. I mean, I guess where I come with this one, Chris, or why this is quite an interesting one to talk about, because I can remember sort of like when we were in, uh, you know, early secondary school... um, Talking about this on the bus and stuff. Oh, okay, it was one of the, you know, one of those haunted house stories that um, that's well known enough. You know, you actually you grew up with it almost. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, whereas the Monkey Man of Delhi, I was not familiar with when I was twelve. Although I did thoroughly enjoy yeah. it. You know. So that, I mean, this is one of the other good things about this podcast. I get to uncover a lot of these things that I previously didn't. So remember. I guess for you, it's almost a trip down memory lane, a nostalgia. Exactly. You've got to exactly. that age right. now where you. Rely on nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah, about the last 10 years, to be honest with you. <laughs> there's nothing good or new coming down the road, so let's just look back at the past and pretend that's decent. The Chicago Fire. Yeah. It's, it's excellent and new and gritty. Oh, yeah, that's true. Let's play some TV. Right, okay, so let's dive into this. Um, um, I, I've heard actually, of it, but I'd heard of it from the films and uh, heard of it in some songs but I don't really know the actual real story behind it. So I'm interested to know what went on that made this jump out above all of the other murders that happened in America every 10 seconds. Yeah, I mean, possibly they've even become a little bit more... Um, I don't know. I don't know how, how, how often... I don't, I don't know the entire... Uh, what's the word? I don't know how frequent these kind of killings were back in the 70s versus now um it somehow captured the imagination didn't it so i'm interested to know why no, And yeah, um, so we'll, we'll get into that in a second and so so i think you'll bring us to the, to the initial story and as you say i mean these things have happened but it still is quite chilling and quite horrible and it's, there's various different aspects to this and I, i've never sort of seen the films actually but as i say i just recall this as kind of Stories that we tell each other when we were kids. Um, so this would be one of the kind of one. It's kind of, I guess, it's um, kind of it would be in the same category as Matter C Two House or Matter C House, because that. Was, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Go yeah, back and you, listen to that one if you haven't heard it. Yes, you know, a, a similar kind of story of a house that had some horrific incidents in the past and multiple horrific incidents in in, in that case. This is this is one horrific incident. This is one set of horrific incidents that were uh, well. Were they were they triggered by a haunting or was it by by, by, a, by a madman who did it? So well, it's you know why else would we still be talking about it? So <clears throat> let's talk a little bit then about the actual you know the 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 crime that happened at the interview house that sort of kicked all of this off. Did I have my pillow so, wife to hide behind at this point? Well, I can see you already have, so I don't know why you're asking me. Well, so you just yeah, you're just informing the the uh, the listeners. Just let them know uh, if, you a, if you have if you have a pillow in. wife... Uh, this would be the time to bring her close. Yeah. And you see some senseless death is about to descend upon us. So, it's November 13th, nineteen sixty. 19... Not long after ho- Halloween. Ooh. Weeks, six members of the DeFeo family were slain in their beds with a thirty-five calibre rifle. 23-year-old Ronald Butch DeFeo. Do you reckon he gave himself that nickname? I hope so. In prison afterwards, but yeah, Ronald Butch DeFeo Jr., the eldest child. Yeah, but that's, that's a, the thing is now, I mean, maybe in the 70s, that would have been, like, quite a tough name, but now that is actually just, like, the gayest nickname ever. Oh, hi, Butch. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean, I mean yeah, I mean, and you, and you may want to go for that, but it's kind of like, well, it's just, it lacks self-awareness, I feel, but... um He sounds like he could have been one of the people on, like, Jersey Shore, like... I don't know. What, I don't know any of their names, but I'm going to guess one of them. Oh, no, like, I,
2: I, uh,
1: I do actually know one of one of what their names was, and it, 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 you literally couldn't make up a more ridiculous nickname. It, it, David, the situation, Baldares or yeah. something. I don't know what his actual name was. I remember the situation. Uh, just, you call yourself the situation. You're a situation. I'm walking away from rapidly. Anyway. What would you call yourself, Neil, if you were on Jersey Shore? The calamity.
0: <laughs> Neil the <a> calamity. <laughs>
1: I'm just not that prideful, do you know what I mean? I'm just not that... It's not that I lack... You know, it's not It's not a lack of confidence. It's just... Yeah. What is it? Chris, yeah. the normal... Chris, Chris the, the room, what, what are you talking about? Well, I'm the Alfred. I hate that whole shit, you know? Just, Chris, like, the normal Flynn. Neil doing all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I hope you're Chris, doing all right. Chris, quite tall Flynn. <laughs> I just, think he's just like that, Even that's a bit boastful for me. Well, exactly, and, and to be honest with you, this is the thing. There's a, there's a level of compensation. Going Chris, on. Chris, can't we all just way. Chris? Can't we all just move past this toxic masculinity Flynn? The fuck you know how many thousands of years do we get on fucking dicks out compared but... Yeah, yeah, because he's, cause he's I and there's, he's, a weird, um, there's a weird, there's a weird as well. The situation I don't. But know, there's a there's a weird duality there, isn't there, of massive bravado but also being so insecure that you need to work out all the time yeah because of insecurity so it's kind of um if anything i feel a bit sorry for him i'd like to pop him in my pocket and take him to the fair you work on your personality a little bit more (laughs) i don't know well each to their own nothing wrong nothing wrong with being healthy and going to the gym but yeah maybe don't overdo it probably don't take steroids that is quite unhealthy that is not a great idea (laughs) (laughs) you're already small what are you doing to your
0: penis (laughs)
1: <laughs> You'll exactly. be giving yourself something even more to compensate for. <laughs> <laughs> it's a vicious cycle.
0: <laughs> oh, just, Wind, was,
1: windmills within windmills. <laughs> anyway, so Butch had a child, confessed to murdering his entire family in cold blood. Um, yeah, it's really sad. I mean, was He was called Butch as a child? Yeah, he, well, he was 23, I believe. Oh, um, uh, that's not a child. No, well, they, they called him the eldest child, so he was the child of the family. Oh, parents. right, the eldest child. The eldest right. of the family. Um so, you know, uh, why I so butch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the the youngest was nine, so he had he had um four siblings, I think well was, was it three, you know, four, yeah. There was an eighteen year old sister, a thirteen year old sister, a twelve year old brother, and then a nine year old brother and then his two parents. Um right. so yeah, he just basically went around the house with a rifle and uh, shot them all in cold blood. And I don't right. think He had claimed that he heard voices in his head telling him to do this. He was, you know, some kind of demonic possession. You don't have to. You don't have to do what the voices in your head tell you to do. No, that's you know, (laughs) absolutely. That's that's generally if a voice in your head is instructing you to do something, especially something fairly extreme, that's uh, time to go and talk to medical health. Yeah, and and not Uh, you know, it was the 70s, so. He probably thought, it's better that I kill all these people than I show weakness by, as a man, going to have my mental health checked. One path of action here is going to confirm the name Butch, and the other one might get it taken (laughs) away. So I'm quite wedded to that identity. Um, There's nothing more Butch than killing kids. Nothing (laughs) more Butch than running around there. Yeah, exactly. Jesus Christ. Not to um, put, you know, be, be light about um, mental health. We kind of the thing is, you've got we kind of have to be light hearted about it because it's a horrible story. But you know, got to have a bit of gallows humour because that's the podcast. Yes, yes, exactly. So, two, two strains of thought here. One is that this horrific event was a catalyst for the hauntings, right? But some paranormal researchers argue, in fact, that the Fair family were victims of the house, right? He got possessed by a, a Pazuzu, presumably. <laughs> he likes a bit of haunting, doesn't he? You know, Oni. <laughs> An Oni, Pazuzu, um, possibly some spirit of the Wendigo. I don't know. Um, that, what, what was that um, South African like lady the, in the red boots? In oh the, the red the, shoes? A Lady Koi Koi? Yeah, could be that. Yeah, it could be Lady Koi Koi. You never know. Could have been... Um, it could have been Hairy Hands. That took control of the gun. Yes, yeah. He just he had a just a loaded rifle. With lots but, of all I'd say is all I'd rocks. say is there is there is a long list of suspects yeah. that we have already spoken about. So he apparently had a quite a comfortable childhood, but he wasn't content. So you know Ugh. we know about these kind of people. And no, I don't know if he's coming to the full. Although his father was apparently domineering and abusive, and his mother sort of faded into the background because he was quite overbearing. The uh, the father. And he became he became a troubled troubled child, gotten into drugs and alcohol to cope. You know, all been there, Chris, but you know, no need to lash out. Isn't it weird how uh how often you hear that people who go on to become violent adults or even abusers of you know other adults or children have often been subject to violent adults or abuse themselves as children. Mm. Isn't that weird? How about, like, just don't abuse kids and that, and then we can hopefully stop people growing up to do the same? It's like a horrible, vicious cycle, isn't it? Yeah. It's very rare that you hear of someone who goes on to do something horrific when they're older who hasn't had some terrible childhood trauma. Yeah. I suppose it's a cycle, isn't it, with these things? They probably had something for themselves, but it's yeah, no, it's. So all I'm saying is non-compulsory sterilisation based on a list that I draw up. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Totally reasonable. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, he'd gone to a bar earlier that day. He decided to leave work at night because he was bored. Fair enough. Um, one one wishes that one could do that these days. Um, Fake an illness. Um, he was probably working on the docks or something, though, wouldn't he? Because he was called Butch. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I imagine it was very like, um, like on the waterfront. Where, pretty, where, where, on where is Alberti? Right? Where is where is the Amityville House? Yes, I think it's Long Island. Um, oh, is it on Long Island? Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah, about thirty miles out of New York, I believe, or New York City, rather, I should say. So apparently, yeah, he so he ran back into the bar around six thirty in the morning. Not quite sure why the is open at six thirty. It's twenty four seven place, who knows yelling, you've got to help me. I think my mother and father are shot. It's for the Dockers, isn't it? Before they start their shift, like in the second series of The Wire, they have a beer and with a shot with an egg in it. Yeah. Yeah, before they go and um, steal stuff for someone called the Greek. Are we still planning on uh, having adjoining um, tombstones? Well, yeah, I mean, we've already paid for the mausoleum, so it be a waste of yeah. time. Yeah. We got one, we we paid for... Um, a wa- one of the walk-in cupboards in uh, Van Hoekstraten's Big Mausoleum. The one best thing we can have. There's it's more gold leaf than I would have thought in there. I like it. I like it as well. Yeah, and we're just gonna be brick, bricked up yeah. in the in the walk-in cupboard, <laughs> like like we paying d- renter would be. <laughs> yeah, he just chucks a grenade in as he bricks it up, um, and we'll be buried in there with all of our um, our riches. Um, so, you know, our uh, post office books. <laughs> um, I've Isn't got about. Box of unused uh, uh, black ticks. <laughs> ancient <high>. Um <laughs> I've got about 20, 23 euros in my bedroom. Yeah. That's all right. Um, I don't know. My garfield my, 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 my cards. My unused, my unused guitar is probably worth about eighty quid. I'll be buried with that, and um, it's about it, really. Right, the rest of the uh, rest of my stuff is we we spend money on this earth, Chris. We don't want to create too much. Of it. Exactly. The rest of my stuff is at, it, it probably costs more to dispose of than it than it is actually valued at. So you don't want to build up a lot of flour. Hey, well, Amen. So- carbon neutral. Well, I'm going to pick out and see, see what's left. So, I mean, effectively, this this um, awful man has kind of like killed all of uh, all of his family. So he he tried to sort of like make out it was um, they by someone else. Um, so they, they found that they took a load of people back to his house. I don't know how he, thought he was going to get away with this, but they found that the bodies positioned on their stomachs had all been shot with a high powered rifle. Um, but there was no sign of a struggle. Um, Nobody had heard any shots. Um, there was just the the, the dog barking, and um, so pretty quickly he's left the dog though, so he's not a complete monster. No, that's true. Yeah, well he just killed his entire family and didn't. Yeah. yeah, no, he left the dog. Okay, no, maybe the, maybe maybe the dog had instructed him to do it. Who was that? Um Stella Sam. It? Yeah, yes, Salah Sam and serial he, then he, And then he went off to to New York City, and then they got David Berkowitz, whatever his name was, and uh, got him to do some killing and all. You never know. Because <clears throat> this was what, it, about seventy five. Could it be that dogs kind of, are, would have been about seventy seven, yeah. Could Hold it on. be that it was just, could it be the same dog? Hold on to that, cause that this could play in later. Oh. playing later. We've 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 uncovered a suspect I don't think anyone else has ever thought of. <laughs> this is good. Dog. Yeah. The haunted dog. <laughs> well, you know. Follow the body. Follow the body. Sadly. Follow the evidence. Well, never mind. Never mind the fact that that doorknob feels a bit clammy. Got fucking corpses over here. Get your eyes on the prize. Um, so I think, he, yeah, he's just saying that. So make those tons of evidence. They started investigating. He had an alibi of being at work, but and then at the bar, he fucked off from work. Yeah, exactly. So that that alibi crumbled. Um, uh, and then he then he then he claimed that a mob hitman had killed his family and made him watch. Um, but Mob hitman who was real apparently, but he had a solid out of state alibi. One oh, yeah, but they knowing could... a mob hitman, I don't know, but clearly this guy was into some shit. Um, you can, but yeah, but you can you can buy an alibi. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, could be. I don't know. So we've got we got numerous suspects here, but you know, the most likely one that the chap in was book.
0: the dog, the mob hitman.
1: No, it was a, a chap called Louis Fellini. Oh. He made him watch. I mean, and quite why the mob hitman would want to murder his family. I don't suppose he explained either. I mean, he, he he soon confessed anyway. The police kind got back to rights, to be honest with you. Um, but then his attorney decides to mount an insanity plea. And saying, Was the dog his attorney? No. Can, can, no. We, can we can we park the dog for a bit? Park the dog. Okay. I, I'll i promise you if the dog comes up in any pertinent bits later on. Okay. Rather just um, to give me just hint, trying to cut the f- person I'm talking about. Is the <laughs> just take it as read. It's not the dog, the attorney, or, or the mob. unless you say. Unless and it, I promise you, if the mob hitman, unless it, unless, it, unless you're in the pay of the dog. nine, then I will I will bring that fact up. It would be wow. in and of itself, even if you'd not, you know, been pursuing you be working for the dog. Questioning. <laughs> How am I meant to know what to believe? You know, whether whether he was a man dog hybrid, I cannot say. <laughs> But the dog, no. But, but when the dog next pops up, don't you worry. I'll I'll, I'll make you aware. All right. I'm true, I'm choosing to trust you, Neil. But my trust my trust is very tenuous. Take a leap of faith. So there it pans out. So <laughs> so so basically, the the yeah the you know the attorney's got him down as as an, as an insanity plea, and the prosecution said, well, look, you know we know he was abusing drugs and stuff, but he knew exactly what he was doing, and he got convicted by the jury. Um, and then later on, he tried to change the story to say that his sister, the eldest sister, killed the father, and then the mother killed all of the siblings, and then he only killed his mother. And very so, he's just basically making up whatever he can. Um, 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 um. <laughs> like that one officer. Well, yeah, no good. That's good investigation because actually, yeah. Well, done. Was, it was. Good, you passed yeah. my. T- you passed my test. <laughs> was, yeah, well, you passed the test because of course we could see it was my sister. You mean your sister, who's got a bullet in the back of her head from the gun that you? Yeah, but my mum did that. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I had to shoot her. You see, so that was in self-defense. Anyway, with the same gun. Yeah. She put it down for a second to wash her hands. So did he? Did he get life or death? Death penalty? Yeah, I think death died. penalty in New York, isn't it? Oh, you think a death penalty? I believe he died in prison a couple of years back. I think it was, uh, oh. it was earlier, um, it might have been five years back. Something. Yeah, he um, it, um he, was, he got six, six sentences and, um, yeah, he, uh, he died in prison a, a few years ago. Was he on Riker Island? Blaming someone else at that point, presumably. <laughs> uh, <it> was, that's <laughs> yeah. really the leprechaun from him. <laughs> <laughs> it big... I didn't realise until I watched it. It was Lovejoy. Lovejoy <laughs> is Odin. Yes. Love Lovejoy and Tink, Tinker or whatever his name was, and Eric. Well, they they did it. Eric that, they did it because we had this because we had this really valuable cuckoo clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to sell it for a for a profit and so he could go out for dinner with Lady Caroline or whatever her name was. Posh like Posh bit down the manor. Yeah, she likes a bit of rough, that one. We. So so far so whatever you know it, there's oh. there's a guy who's you know i mean obviously that's all murdered his family you know he obviously just did everything he could to try and get out of it and you'd probably think well look you know he's making all of this up you know he, then at some point he does start to claim that he had got voices in his head um not just these things it was actually sort of a, almost like a demonic possession sort of like trying to instructing him to kill them so you would think well okay you know th- this this guy's an unreliable witness i can't trust that so you know i'm I'm not, you know, we're not taking that for granted. We're not mugs, Chris. But here's the thing. We now bring in George and Kathy Lutz, the Lutzes who moved into the three-storey colonial, as they're calling it, in Amityville, afterwards in 75. And they're really chuffed because it's a big old house, you know, in Long Island. They've got it for just £80,000. So, you know, they're they're getting a bargain here. So, obviously, it has been the scene of a massive mass murder, over a year before, but you know, sat down with three kids and, and the wife, and they all felt like, "No, that's fine. We can we can take care of this." Yeah, whatever. Would you? Would you? Um, if you could get to sell up a house half price, would you move in? If it'd been like a, a murder a year back, I think. Um, <coughs> yeah. Be honest with you, you can't afford in this market, can you? Well, I mean, I'm you know, it's going to be very difficult for me to own any property in the UK at any point in my life. So there's half price, and so no one else wanted it. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I don't see past, why not. But they got a, they got a real bargain, apparently. So, well, it's like I said. It's like I said to you. This house, which I live in, or the basement, presumably it was all one house at one point, and it's been split up. But um, this place was built in like eighteen sixty. Mm-hmm. So, the likelihood is there has been people dead in here before. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you think about the amount of people that have lived here over the last one hundred and fifty, oh, yeah. whatever years, 100, 160 years, or whatever more than likely isn't it? Oh you yeah, you s almost of, certainly most places will have seen some sort of death but uh, although you know I suppose it's a bit different when it's been like a, a mass murder but uh, yeah but death is death is death yeah, isn't it? Yeah fair enough. No I, I, I tend to agree with thought it'd be interesting to see. Well it was, I don't yeah. I mean I think I think you'd get used to it. I mean to start with it would probably be a little bit ugh, I don't know. I don't know it's kind of it's that sort of animal part of your brain which would maybe be a bit wary but logically it doesn't matter does it yeah you think you know it doesn't you know doesn't doesn't actually doesn't change anything really it's just something that happened in a location like something yeah. down or what have you you just have to you know unfortunately life does move on um anyway so they get this it moves on quick neil our time is very brief so you know make the most of it while you, you can know. well neil speaking about that um either I've uh, started um swiping on Tinder recently. Yeah. Not that I'm sure I'm ready for a relationship, but like you said to me off air, I've got a lot to offer. What was it you said I'm I'm probably paraphrasing but you said that I have a heart which is as big and as beautiful as the milky way and a soul as deep as the ocean blue. Yeah, let's go with that. And so so I think that, you know, I should, you know, Maybe take some tentative footsteps into not matching with anyone on something like Tinder. Yeah, yeah. I won't match with anyone, obviously, but um, no, no. it's a good way. It's a good way to get lots of rejections through in a single day. Yeah, very efficient. You know, it's very efficient. Very efficient rejection machine. <laughs> you know, then, then, then it's not just your opinion and your, your you know, your your self confidence that's sort of suggesting these things. You get some hard empirical facts to back up. Exactly. Get some evidence. Yeah. yeah, people can people can look at your face and go, "Fuck him," <laughs> not interested, <laughs> not even worth getting to know. That kind of thing, you know. Well, that's kind of both ways, mate. Right? You know. I think it's a very, I think it's a very healthy, healthy system that we've put in place for people, rather than sort of getting to know someone and then sort of developing a relationship instead of doing that, which would probably seem weird now to do that. Then, because um, there's a, there's a whole thing about. I was listening, listening to a podcast and there's a whole thing about um, people think that choice is a good thing and it is, but only up to an extent because humans can't really deal with choosing anything over like seven choices. Mm-hmm. And then once you get more than that, then people then want something that's the perfect bit of every single choice and it just makes it impossible to to make that choice or it kind of puts your, what you're looking for to sort of some sort of unrealistic. Okay. Un- unrealistic thing that doesn't exist. Um, So, yeah, I don't know that internet dating is particularly good for people, but there we go. That's, that's the world we live in. It's and that that's why I'm going to end up being a confirmed bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Um So, they got a priest in to, um, to bless the house because, you know, it felt like well, that would be something. Um, but the priest, he felt an unseen hand slap him in the sewing room and heard a voice say, get out. Get out. Was, it- <laughs> was it? It was it Ray Winston, I reckon. I was- Ray, course, get out. I was under a demonic voice there, but I couldn't be bothered. Well, I've got a slight frog in my throat, so I don't want to do it right. No, right. that's all right. I think get out is a London, London term, isn't it? Get it. Get on your neck in Lutz. And you Good, gotcha. yeah. <laughs> and then he became ill with flu like symptoms and his hands began to bleed. It sounds like he was having stigmata or something. Anyway. Yeah. So so that that's that's a strange fact, isn't it, Chris? Got a priest That is a strange fact, Neil, thank you. It's not what you wanna that's not what you wanna see when you move into a new house, get a priest to come in and just you know, make sure it's all hunky dory. He starts like you do, his hands and he's weeping for his eyes. I don't know why they didn't just make up more bullshit. It's like you know, yeah. weeping for his eyes and his ears. <laughs> and then, and then the picture started spinning around, and the devil came up and told me he'd been very. And it mad. turns out that they just had a shitload of asbestos in the in the cellar. Well, we'll we'll, um, we'll see. But anyway, there you go. So, so I was having um, I was having a quick look, um, and there doesn't seem to be. A medical explanation for why his hands would have started bleeding. So I think that we probably are looking at, uh, a haunting. No, we are. I mean, you know, you, so you've had the church come around and confirm it and they've never been known to lie about anything. So, <laughs> and you get like, like we all do as part of, uh, our mortgage process, you get around the surveyor and then the priest, <laughs> well, don't you? And then, well, and just, then, uh, and then the druid and then a druid. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, oh, make sure so everything's up like the lawyers say when you buy a place, you know, just just you know, leave in unturned. Just make sure your peace of mind. Probably nothing, but you check it out. How much did um? How much did you get the priest from that church, which is really near you, to yes. to come round and and check your place out? How much did it cost? A couple of grand. Yeah, it was cheap, but the just lawyer, rolled it, in, rolled oh, it into oh, the mortgage. All the Vatican endorsed exorcism. All right, and was there was there anything there? Uh, not that we know of, no. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, but you sleep easy at night now. Exactly. You just, you know, I know. I know Satan has had no dominion over my abode. So that's <laughs> like, priceless. Okay. Yeah. Well, your building's fairly new, isn't it? Well, I say fairly new, forties oh, yeah. or something. Yeah, I don't know, 20s, thirties, maybe. I'm not entirely sure, actually, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, probably less death there than than in mine. I imagine I'll probably die here, to be honest with you. Yeah. You never know. Next next couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm getting us to record so many podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah you just get back without releasing them, <laughs> then, you, you can, then you can ride that little bit, and so you just try and just sort of spin that out. But what I'm doing is I'm um, I'm uh, taking all the recordings of you and putting them into an AI, so I can continue doing the podcast with an AI version of you. I would imagine that's going to be a fairly simple task, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, it's not difficult. It just goes, just, just goes. yeah, right, Chris, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I just read stuff out verbatim. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like fucking Siri reading out Wikipedia about the damn thing horror or whatever. All right, anyway, speaking of which. Yes. So, they've had the priest come in, you know, that's not gone so well, but they well no. okay, You're moving anyway, because you bought the place, haven't you? But it wasn't but the they didn't get the priest in beforehand, before they bought it? No, 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 they, they bought the place. They they sat down, they said, we can, <laughs> we can handle this business. We'll get a priest just in case. You so, reckon right, the dad must have been like one of them sitcom dads? Like, oh, I got this place. I got this place for a song. Oh, Larry, what have you done? I will get a priest, but it'll be fine. He comes out with all bleeding hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Larry. <laughs> so anyway, they they moved in anyway, um, but they very soon they began to notice strange phenomena. So there were odors in the house that came and went. There were sounds. Teen- teenagers for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this twenty three year old sounds like he'd be yeah. The front door butch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it wasn't butch, was it? This is a new family, wasn't it? Oh yeah, no, good point. Good point. No, yeah, oh, yeah, no. I don't know. How, I don't know how the age of these kids, whether teenagers or little ones. Yeah, no, yeah, butchers off in the uh, the big house now and Sing Sing. Yeah, um, and then Riker Island. Yeah, he's in Alcatraz. Right, anyway, Odi's in the house that came and went. Sounds the front door would slam shut in the middle of the night, and they couldn't get warm in the house. They just keep. Why were they leave? Why were they leaving the door open all night? Yeah, I know. just really friendly. Yeah, they wanted to. They wanted to trap stray dogs. Yeah, you know, they, might come around.
2: they kept the heat.
1: They kept the fireplace burning day and night in a futile attempt to stay warm and found strange gelatinous drops on the carpet when they woke in the morning. Teenagers, for you. <laughs> Leaving the doors open, that's why I struggled to come in. Um, and at times, his face would get physically transformed into an old woman with the face, hair, and wrinkles of a 90 year old. That's, <laughs> that's just getting older, now. Yeah, I feel like that when I get up in the morning. That's why I started wearing concealer. This is why you need to hydrate and use moisturiser, people. Um, so. Lutz claims that he mysteriously woke up at three fifteen a.m. every day, the same time that the Defeo murders were believed to have happened. one night, he heard the children's beds slamming up and down on the floor above him. He couldn't do anything because he's immobilized in bed by an unseen force. So that sounds like what's it called? The yeah, you know, sleep things where they or sleep paralysis. Yeah, sleep paralysis where you're kind of still asleep but your eyes open. I had that once. I've only had it once, but it wasn't paralysis. But I opened my eyes and I could still see stuff that was happening in my dreams. Mm. And it was when I was young and I had been to a nightclub and I was quite near the speakers doing the boom, 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 boom. And that just, like, carried on into my head and I was a bit pissed. And I kind of opened my eyes and I could see people, like, dancing and sitting around in my room, like, kind of. Uh, projecting the nightclub into my room. So I was obviously sort of still asleep, but could see stuff. Or it was ghosts, Ooh. clubbing ghosts. Could be, could be. It's not that unusual to still be in a dreamlike state and open your eyes and see stuff. No, no, I mean, it, semi-lucid, isn't it? So you kind of like, because um, you, you, you normally, you retain some element of those things just after you wake up and then it sort of slowly starts to go away, isn't it? Yeah, you kind of go, huh, what's going on? All right, yeah, I'm in bed. <laughs> I once had a sort of what I can describe as an out of body experience when I was working as a door to door salesman. <laughs> I was, uh, I, I was back back right at the end where I kind of like, um, I'd, I I was just really bored with it, and I knew I was going to be going going to um, go and stay in France anyway because I'd already gotten accepted onto one of those Erasmus things, and um, just, yeah, it was just it was one half of my brain was just trying to pitch this guy on golf courses or whatever the fuck it was, some golf cards or whatever I was selling. And then I just really felt, like, dissociated and, like, was almost watching myself do this. Anyway. Lovely. <laughs> there's, a, there's an exciting story for you. Um, so there, there are you were of- So You were so bored that your yeah. soul left your body. <laughs> it started, like, swimming, towards, towards, started <laughs> swimming towards the light. <laughs> mind, I, was like, I was almost like, yeah, it was like sort of like, you know, two feet above my shoulder. Now, obviously, that's not, you know, mm. like... Wasn't that? That's just like a false memory. Yeah, um, and I've had stuff like that before. But I just, no, it well, was, yeah, one half of my brain was just sort of, you know, sarcastically commenting on the fact that, you know, the other half was just an autopilot while this terrified looking fellow was being pitched either golf clubs or curry clubs. Think, the Someone crowd. with dead eyes. Yeah, yeah well, because I can only just imagine He's just, yeah, i just sort of looked there like. A spectre, uh, and a spectre hovering above <laughs> here. You don't want to hear it. You can see my soul rising out of my body. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slowly, I'll slowly like, sinking, I'm slowly sinking to the ground. <laughs> yeah, it's just these claws just dragging <laughs> me down. <into> me. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm not going up. <laughs> How am I getting a view of my This <laughs> Isn't that this space to work? Right, oh, you're not going well, to that. It's because you la- lapsed your Catholicism, didn't you? Exactly. Let it lapsed. So, yeah, and then, and then and then later on that night, if, it was, if all that wasn't terrible enough, because you say, yeah, fair enough, sleep paralysis. We'll explain this one, Chris. Later that night, he woke to see his le- wife levitating and moving across the bed, like scorning mm. lingering ghostbusters, I would imagine. Wow. Could be, again, could be sleep paralysis. <laughs> don't know whether or not Bill Murray was in the room making sardonic comments. Wisecracks. Yeah, but there you go. So, levitating wife. Yeah, levitating wife. So... Next morning, they've yeah. only been they've only been there for a month. Next morning like, right, we're not having this. He's got the old lady's face. <laughs> yeah, now he's turning ninety, He's like, fuck this. They fled the house in horror, they let, they left the clothes in the closets, they left food in the refrigerator, they just got the hell out. And if they'd not left, he thinks something horrible would have happened, you know. Right. Maybe we would have been, you know, going around with a gun. Oh. So what they didn't do, they think, Okay, we've got to take this seriously. Why were the kid, did the kids say anything about why their beds were banging? Doesn't say it doesn't say. I think they were just um, they were just being like moved up and down by mysterious poltergeist type apparitions. Right. But he doesn't know. I and mean, do you know what he's not gonna muck around with with things not of this earth? You don't Chris.
0: muck around with family.
1: You get some pros in, you get in some paranormal investigators, did not you? Yeah. Right? So I'm gonna one of the most famous of these, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Warrens, Chris. I haven't, apart from the place where rabbits live. Yeah, so they if you, there's this movie called The Conjuring, right? And that's based on one of the books. So they 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 were famous in the '70s, and um, they were called in to investigate the Amterville House, and they also um, investigated the house, and it was based on one of their true true paranormal investigations. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the movie The Conjuring it's a true right. story, as as is the Amterville Horror. That's based on a true story. Um, let me just play you, Elizabeth Warren, who sadly passed last year, but uh, her, her, um, what happened to her when she went in to investigate
2: the Unterville house. We went there that day. And took a relic, Padre Peel, mm-hmm. in the house with me. The relic that came in the mail that day, that very day, it came in the mail. And I asked him to help me with discernment. I didn't know that house was demonic. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about it. I couldn't speculate that right. the house was haunted in any way, way shape, or form. That just that we were called to investigate why one family were all murdered. Another family moved in and fled. So Channel 5 News said, you know, the viewers have a right to know what happened. That's why we went to the house.
1: So what do you think really actually took place in the house? Do you have any opinion Evil. about what
2: the evil. It's the personification of evil. It's not personified. So evil can personify itself. How it can be attracted in certain situations.
0: Hello, it's me, Java again. Blimey, I wonder what chap's thought of that interview with the mystic lady um just so you know i didn't get the part in hamilton uh, unfortunately i thought it was about the fast racing car driver lewis hamilton and ended up doing a one-hour monologue from his autobiography and it was mainly based around when he was seeing the pussy cat doll nicole scherzinger um here's some more of the song from earlier i'll be back in part two goodbye Go to the job centre for a council haircut No more milk for kids
1: and rolling power cuts Making a living in the city Loads of money, no more pity Chased by police over garden fences Buy a suit in Marks and Spencer Thatcher's monster roams the land Don't expect a helping hand